We on Five Sports Podcast. Episodes available on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Also, guys on Twitter at We on Five Sports. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast. Man, we got a hot episode coming up here today, episode eight, as we break down week one of the National Football League. There was a lot of interesting stuff going on in week one. Going to go through all the games and break them down, see what's going on across the league. Teams out here panicking, teams out here confident. We had the Green Bay Packers lay an egg out in the first game of the season, Aaron Rodgers and them. So we're just going to get into all of that and get into these injuries that's happened. Uh, some teams have definitely made some a few little changes and tweaks due to the injury situation. So we're going to get in all of that. I got some guests coming through to provide the insight across the National Football League in week number one. We on Five Sports Podcast. five sports podcast nfl week number one everything kicked off in week number one as we had the tampa bay bucks the defending super bowl champions facing off with the dallas cowboys in tampa on thursday night and man what a ball game this was tom brady once again comes through in the clutch for the tampa bay buccaneers as they win 31 to 29 dallas man they showed a good fight they were in control of this ball game but Everyone knew once Tom Brady got the ball at the end of the game for the final possession, simply what time it was. So it was a good uh, win for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks to kick off their season. Also, too, we had the Seattle Seahawks traveling to the Indianapolis Colts. Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson once again, pulling it out as the Seattle Seahawks won 28-16 uh, with their first win of the season as well. We also had the Philadelphia Eagles. Everybody is looking forward to seeing what Jalen Hurts is going to do this season. And man, the Eagles went down to the ATL and just straight did the A-Town stump with a 32-6 win. Uh, the Falcons, they might be the, the worst team in the National Football League. I mean, their defense is just straight atrocious. I mean, they got a pretty much a college-level defensive ball club, and it showed giving up 32 points to the Eagles. The offense stalled. Um, looks like they're missing Julio Jones already down in the ATL. So best wishes to them. Also, too, in another game, uh, we had the Houston Texans on Sunday knock off the Jacksonville Jaguars. It was the debut of the young Trevor Lawrence. Um, Trevor Lawrence, he had a mixed bag type of game. He had a couple good plays, a couple bonehead plays. You know, I was impressed really with Tyron Taylor. 
uh, pushing that offense. Um, them coming out with the victory, 37 to 21. We also too had the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Washington Football Team, and the Chargers pulled that one out, 20 to 16. Um, pretty much in that one, Justin Herbert had a, a once again a phenomenal uh, football game. Had a touchdown and interception, but he threw the ball pretty much all over the field. Uh, Washington obviously lost uh, their starting quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. We had the game that I was really interested in watching, which is a game I watched all the way through on Sunday, was the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Buffalo Bills. This game was played in Ultra Park. Uh, pretty much it was a back and forth kind of uh, tug of war in the first half. And man, the second half was exciting. Um, definitely shout out to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers special teams as they came through uh, in the clutch for them. A big road victory in the AFC. And when you get them road victories versus those playoff teams, man, that's always huge. Shout out to Mike Tomlin and his ball club pulling that one out. We also had the San Francisco 49ers going up against the Detroit Lions. Niners uh, came out, man, and the offense was looking great. Um, unfortunately, we had the uh, injury to Moser, uh, but other than that, man, they put up 41 points, 41 to 33. Uh, nice little attempt comeback by the Detroit Lions in the debut of Jerry Goff. Um, Hawkinson had a pretty good game for them as well. Uh, shout out to DeAndre Swift, uh, but they came up short in this one. <clears throat> a lot of people are not giving, um, you know, the Detroit Lions. Uh, any chance in the, in the uh, NFC North this season, um, but you know, they had a you know valid effort. But we'll see next Sunday if they can pick up another victory or pick up their first victory. Then we had a wild game with the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Minnesota Vikings, as the Bengals pulled that game out in overtime, 27 to 24. Uh, looks like um, they may have a definite number one receiver in uh, Cincinnati with uh, Jamar Chase. And he had an outstanding game. A lot of people was on him because of the preseason, you know, dropping the football. But he came out and played, you know, like a first-round pick supposed to play. Uh, Joe Burrow came out and definitely did his thing. Uh, it was a close ball game, definitely went into overtime, but the Bengals was able to pull that out. Um, we also, too, had the Panthers in the debut of Sam Donald versus his old team and the New York Jets. Panthers was able to pull this game out 19-14. to 14. Uh, these two teams, man, you know, they're in a rebuilding situation, both of them. Um, we'll see if they can uh, get a few ball games this season, build off their team. I like the Panthers' defense. Uh, they've shown that they've had some young players, and, you know, they drafted uh, in the first round J.C. Horn. They have a few other young players on their ball club, man. So we'll see how they do this season. It was always uh, good to get that first victory under the belt. Then we had the Cardinals going up against the Tennessee Titans. Man, Kyler Murray, man, looked like a magician out there. I mean, he looked like Barry Sanders as a quarterback, man. I mean, this guy just make two or three plays in a ball game. That's just like, man, really? Uh, man, they lit it up. Uh, got the victory against the Tennessee Titans, 38-13. to uh, 13. Man, the Cardinals defense, too, came to play in that ball game as well as they had Ryan Tannehill under pressure all game long. Man, they definitely brought the heat in that one. Surprised a lot of people across the league. Then we had the what I call the AFC showdown with the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Cleveland Browns. Uh, that game ended up being 33-29 as the Browns actually had control pretty much of the ball game until you know, 
Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs once again coming back from behind. Um, Cleveland had a blunder on the special teams end with the punter. I mean, at the end of the day, man, just go ahead and just kick the ball, dude. I mean, like, what are you thinking? That definitely opened up the door for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to come in and steal a victory against the Cleveland Browns. You know, they were missing OBJ, uh, which was a scratch up before the game. We'll see how his health situation goes moving forward. But the Browns was able to run the football as they typically do. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, they came out, you know, smoking a little bit. So I was impressed at first until they kind of just dropped the ball at the end of the game. Uh, well, well, dropped the whole situation at the end of the game. Then we had the Dolphins versus the Patriots, which was Nick and Tuck. We had the two Alabama quarterbacks and Mac Jones, Tua. And this one came down as a tight a football game, but the Dolphins was able to pull it out 17-16. to 16. Um, You know, you got Bill Belichick and Brian, uh, Brian Flores you know, with his situation up in New England, previously being there. You know, they was able to pull out a tough AFC uh, victory up in uh, New England. Then we had the Broncos versus the Giants. Uh, the Broncos uh, came out. You know, they had an injury to uh, Jerry Judy in that ball game. Uh, but they came out and handled their business. They was able to play that stout defense, which we mentioned before in this podcast, that I believe they're going to have this season. Uh, they was able to definitely shut down Saquon Barkley, pulling out that victory 27-13 in the debut of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, t- uh, check down check down Teddy, man, in effect. But they definitely got that victory. Then we had a game that I definitely was looking at just to ski, you know, how this team was going to come out to start the season with the Green Bay Packers versus the New Orleans Saints. And pretty much, I'm not sure if Green Bay got on the plane, the real team. I mean, they just got dump trucked uh, from the onset. You know, Aaron Rodgers looked like trash. You know, I think that his situation there in the offseason has definitely been a distraction. Uh, and to me, I think it showed the team had no continuity at all. Definitely got out coached. Um, and yeah, they took one definitely on the chin. Then we had pretty much, as most people uh, would say, uh, would be the game of the week, which actually happened on Monday, which was the Baltimore Ravens versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, man, the Raiders just gutted out this game. It was just straight a gut check type game that went into overtime. Uh, man, you know, Baltimore's had a litany of injuries even coming into the regular season. So I wanted to see how they was going to come out. You know, they had Marcus Peters going down and the corner in and, you know, pretty much you just name a running back. You know, all you know, the entire depth chart was injured or got injured. And the Raiders dug this one out, man. Shout out to Derek Carr, man. He did his thing, kept his team in the ball game and, you know, was a big time leader for them in pulling out that, that uh, victory there on Monday night overtime in the Sunday night football game you had the Los Angeles Rams versus the Chicago Bears played out in Los Angeles um, pretty much in this one you know the Bears they tried to make an attempt coming out smoking early but typical Andy Dalton with the interception in the end zone um, pretty much uh, two big time blunders on defense I mean like what coverage are you really in fam giving up two easy measy touchdowns early in the game which kind of set the tone and Matt Stafford and the uh, Los Angeles Rams uh, pulled out a victory 34 to 14. So that's the week one wrap. As I mentioned we're going to definitely get into this NFL real hard this season. We appreciate you listening. We on 5 Sports Podcast.
We on Five Sports Podcast. Coming up, I got my special guest coming through E, my NFL correspondent, Bears correspondent, checking in on his thoughts on week number one across the National Football League. We on Five Sports Podcast. What's going on, my brother? How you feeling tonight? Man, man, feeling great. That you falling through on We On Fire Sports Podcast. Definitely wanted to check in with you and to get your early thoughts on the uh, NFL season. There was a lot going on, you know, last uh, last weekend, Sunday in the NFL season. And first of all, man, how does it feel to get back into football, man? I know you're a big-time football fan. Ah, man, I'm just so blessed and happy to just have the season back in order, you know. It's been a long going, and um, I'm looking forward to a wonderful season this year, man. It seems like there's a lot of parity going on in the league right now, and it looks like it's going to be very, very interesting. So I just, I'm just looking forward to seeing what's going to happen and how it's going to um, lay out, you know. Oh, man, man. Definitely exciting to sit back and get our first weekend play football, man. Man, I'm going to dig right into it, man. Since, you know, you're one of our Bears correspondents, you know, your first time on the show. Once again, we appreciate it. Man, what was your early thoughts on the Bears-Rams game Sunday night as the Rams pulled off a 34-14 uh, victory out of Los Angeles, man? I mean, it's very frustrated, man. Frustrated right now. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, it's just one of those things where I feel like with the Bears, you know how it is with us now. We... It seems like we haven't had a quarterback in what since I was born. I'm 42 years old. I've never really seen the, the quarterback yet, and we decided to play this guy Andy Dalton, which is he's not a bad quarterback. But man, obviously we saw what he did last year in Dallas. You know, the same thing he's doing with us, just doing enough to get by. You know, so that was one of the first things that I was just pretty much upset about. But as far as the game was concerned, you know, I felt like we had a we had a great game plan. You know, it looks like. Um, the offense was moving. We did some good things, but it seems like, you know, uh, certain certain aspects of the game, I feel like the coach just don't understand what to do as far as fourth downs or shot clock. You know, it seems like he likes to call times out. He don't know what the next play is going to be once he's successful in the first down or the second down. So that's the first thing I'm, you know, frustrated about. I just didn't understand why you don't kick field goals on fourth down. They kick the 53 yarders. You know, let's get some points on the board. You know, it seems like, you know, he wants to go for it and wants to play this shootout, but we got to be conservative and just think before we just start doing things to put our defense in a tough situation. So that's, that's the most frustrating part about, you know, how the game went, especially with Montgomery doing his thing. You know, I believe he had, um, what, 16 carries. I mean, you know, if you, if you see if you see that your running back is moving the ball the way he's moving, averaging over four um, yards per carry, I feel like you need to run this guy a little bit more, especially on second and short. You know, so that's the frustration part. You know, I mean, as far as the game plan is concerned, you know, I understand what they were trying to do, get the ball out because the plan against the strong defensive front um, juggernaut with the with the Los Angeles Rams and we know how they are as far as you can't really hold the ball too long but at the same time you know I mean you have to mix up something you know try to be a little bit more diverse and that's where the question comes in of 
you know, why are we starting Dalton over Justin Fields, knowing his capabilities and what he's able to do and being a playmaker that he is. Um, a lot of people want to say that, you know, this guy is, it seems like Nagy is trying to make this, make our quarterback into one of these uh, option type of quarterbacks when, you know, clearly that's not his motto. Uh, I'm, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Buckeye uh, type of guy, you know, so um, I've been following Justin Fields since he was a sophomore in, in college, since he came to um, Ohio State. And one of the things I've noticed about the guy is that he's more than just a running quarterback. He's, well, I mean, he's more than just that. You know? um, anybody, no, go ahead. No, I said, you see, you definitely seen the, uh, you know, the game that, you know, he had Sorry. in the uh, playoff game against Clemson. I mean, he lit Clemson alive. I mean, I think if you had any doubt of him throwing the football, you know, that game against Clemson in the college football playoff a couple of years ago should have, uh, well, not a couple of years ago, but last season should have definitely uh, answered all the critics, man. But you made an interesting point about uh, about Matt Nagy and the decision-making situation. You know, we had a situation where, you know, in the second half where he chose to, you know, go for it on fourth down. What was it fourth and 11 with Andy Dalton? I'm like, dude, come on, man, really, man? Like, at the end of the day, you know, we've seen this thing play out again with his uh, not having confidence in the kicking game. And I'm like, dude, you know, this guy's on your ball club, man. You kick a field goal. If he make it, you're down 10 points. You know, you got a, you know, a, a decent defense, even though the corners play terrible. That's a whole nother story. But, yeah, just the decision exactly. You know, overall, man, I think yeah. outside of the, uh, the interception, definitely in the end zone by Dalton, which was a backbreaker to start the game off how he was losing the ball. Like you said, he played enough to get by, but I think the defense uh, for us, especially the young secondary that we have, definitely failed us in week one. No doubt about that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's another, you know, that's the that's the part that I feel like we can, we can, um, you know, we can fix that. You know, a lot of more people want to get on, you know, Gibson and um, your, your boy, Number thirty nine now now is known as number four. You know Eddie Eddie Jackson. You know I'm mean, I'm not worried too much about that. I was just, I looked at it a couple of other times and it was just one of those things where you know they both ran past and you know as long as it don't happen again I'm fine with that. My main concern now is more of you know let's just play the let's play Justin because what he brings to the table. I mean, this guy is the third fastest quarterback in the NFL as we speak. You know he runs a four four. And then you have uh, Lamar Jackson runs a four three four. Kyler Murray runs a four um a four three one, you know, in the forty. So just that alone, I felt like the biggest problem with just, uh, with Andy Dalton is not his accuracy and his precision. He's good at that, but when it's time to when it's time where these linebackers are chasing you and he's running outside the pocket, he loses strength on passing the ball. So nice throwing. He, he has to throw the ball either out of bounds or it's going to be short of the first down because he doesn't have that strength or speed to look and look at his options when he's outside the pocket. And that's one thing, Justin, you know, that's one thing his his, his greatest um, his greatest skill is is outside the pocket with accuracy and he can still throw deep. Just Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, you know, Kyle, Ty Kyler Mary, you know. So that's something that I think the best thing to look into and also, maybe, you know, maybe um, Nagy might want to give the, the play call into Bill Lazor again. 
because it seems like he's more of a fit for a Justin Fields, Montgomery um, tandem. And that will open up the offense. That will put more camaraderie with the offense where everybody is now happy and excited. And that's going to bring more energy into the defense. So I feel like the Bears is not that far away. It's just about these small little things that we're doing that's hurting us needs to get us, will get us over the top, you know, to be number one in the NFC North, especially the way the NFC North is looking right now. So we're fine. It's just that let's get this now, especially why the other guys, you know, our brothers, on the um the on the north side, you know why they struggling also. Yeah, man, I think you spot on with that. I think that is something that a lot of people haven't really mentioned, you know, about you know maybe switching the play calling duties to, to Laser. But I mean, it's an obvious target on pace and uh, Ryan Nagy. I'm sorry, Matt Nagy's back up in Chicago, and so that's why I don't see that situation happening happening as far as the play calling duties. But I do believe is a point that you made and you were spot on with is that the morale of the team. I think that that you saw even when Fields got in the game, you know, for those couple plays, the energy changed on the offensive end. So I think to me that's vital, especially in the division to me is worth us having. You know, and that kind of leads me into, you know, just the game. You know, a lot of people was talking about with the uh, Green Bay, you know, them, you know, going playing up against the uh, New Orleans Saints. You know, the game wasn't played in New Orleans because of just the hurricane situation. But they got straight up rolled. Like, it, it, it looked like they didn't even get on the plane leaving Green Bay. They left their team up in Green Bay. What was your thoughts, man, about the, the Packers, man, laying the egg against the Saints, man, losing 38-3? Well, to me, it wasn't really an egg lay because I already had this predicted. Not necessarily the, the blowout. But I thought that everybody was sleeping on New Orleans from the beginning. Just looking at their personnel, nobody really is. They still have the same players. They just missed you know, the, the Hall of Famer, Drew Brees. But at the same time, he was on a downscale as far as, you know, his, his accuracy was still great, but he was still not pushing that ball. And that's one thing that um, your man can do. You know, he was a first-round pick, and I just felt like 30 for 30 needed just somebody like Peyton to help them out to understand the game. So that was something that I was very focused on. I actually won some money off of uh, New Orleans off that win. So shouts out to New Orleans, you know, and shouts out and hopefully, you know, the, the town can overcome this hurricane. It seems like they go through a lot and they deserve that victory. I mean, they play very, very hard. They have like one of the top defenses in the league. So as far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, I mean, we, we saw it coming, you know, I mean, the whole off season, they really wasn't practicing with each other. Uh, no camaraderie. Uh, they've been in the news of Aaron Rodgers coming back or not. So this is going to be a tough year for them. It's going to be a very, very tough year for them. I don't see them doing what people expect them to do. Now, the only good thing is that they're in the NFC North. So it's not that strong this year. But they're, they're in deep trouble. They're in deep trouble because you got to have that chemistry. You got to have that good energy. I mean, it's about it's a team game. And if, you know... If you have your family arguing with each other and going back and forth, I just don't see it. I don't see it, you know, leading to victory like most people think because it's Aaron Rodgers, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. my take on them. You know, actually, I'm not a Packers fan, so I love when they lose anyway. <laughs> so and it's, it's it's really you know it's it's frustrating that you know they've been ahead this long and I feel like you know now it's it's coming along to where they you know, it's catching up to them, you know. A lot of times also, 
And people watch that. People watch, you know, those NFC Championship games. And they they've been caught that. So yeah. I I feel like New Orleans did the, the diligence and researched the last game they played, and you know, just put it on them, and they was prepared for what Green Bay like to do. Yeah, I totally agree with you in that. I just think that also too, as as we know with Green Bay, you know, I mean, they got a good a good running back, and you know some good talent at the running back position, but they're not a team that's going to run the ball 20, 25 times. They're just simply not going to do that. And at the end of the day, man, against, as you mentioned, a team that has some good personnel on the defensive side of the football, yeah, I mean, you're going to have situations where, especially, too, when they got a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers, having him run for his life and making questionable decisions. He looked basically like a very average quarterback. So we'll definitely see how that situation, you know, uh, you know, unfolds for, for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, man. So it definitely was a intriguing, you know, intriguing, um, you know, first week. Another game, man, that kind of caught my eye, a game that I was looking at, you know, going into week one was the Cleveland Browns versus the Kansas City Chiefs. To me, you know, this was a game for me just to see how legitimate Cleveland was. And they came out smoking. I mean, they had all the momentum in this game, you know, all the way up until the fourth quarter. And once again, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, came back, you know, down a couple scores. You know, Cleveland had a blunder on the uh, special teams and with, with the punter, I just don't know what he was doing. Um, and the Chiefs was able to, to avail. How do you feel about the Chiefs this season, man? You know, they made the Super Bowl, obviously, last season. What's your thoughts on the Kansas City Chiefs, man? I mean, the Chiefs to me is the Chiefs. You know, that's their motto. I mean, it seems like if, if anybody knows the Chiefs the last, well, last season and also the first game this year, if you really notice, they haven't really beaten anyone, like, or blown anyone out. You know, normally they win back seven points or less every game. And so, one thing about them, they just know how to execute. You know, they remind me of the Chicago Bulls, you know, back in the 90s where, you know, the Bulls were down. <laughs> First, second quarter, we're like, oh, okay. Well, that fourth quarter hit, we know that we're going to win by six. <laughs> you know, so that, that's, that, that, that reminds me of how the Chiefs is. I mean, they just, they very, very poised. They had a, had a veteran, savvy, Hall of Famer coach, you know. And then also, I mean, a juggernaut quarterback that just knows the game. So I wasn't really worried about the Chiefs. Um, I knew that they was going to be able to overcome, especially the way. And don't get me wrong, Cleveland is a very explosive powerful team they had their chance they could have won but it just seems like something about Cleveland they just don't want to win the bigger games for some reason it's just it, it, I don't know what it is I mean they, they have everything to be a champion but it's it's always something like you said the muff the muff punt you know or the fumble in the red zone so they pretty much gave the Chiefs the game but I'm not going to take away from the Chiefs, anything away from the Chiefs because that's what they do. They execute on your weaknesses and your mistakes. So it's just a, it's just what the Chiefs are. You know, they're going to be they're going to be the, the head honcho again this year in the AFC. You know, people are going to have to come to them because they're not playing any games. You make mistakes, you're going to lose. I guess they can make mistakes, but you can't make mistakes. <laughs> so that's just how I feel about the Chiefs. But I don't feel like they're unbeatable and I definitely don't feel like I feel like there is a team out there that's going to put it on them um, eventually down the line if they continue to keep thinking that it's just this week 
you could just go out here and just use your skills that you have. I mean, obviously you have, you know, Tyree Hill who runs a four two nine forty fastest player in the NFL and you have the best tight end. So they have weapons, but they defense is suspect. So and without Matthew, Matthew, um oh, right now without last game, I mean I think that they're, you know, they could, they'll be in some trouble, but you have to execute against them. You can't play games with them. Yeah, man, and finally, uh, uh, another game that I was looking at uh, last week that actually kicked off the week, the Thursday night uh, football game between the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Dallas Cowboys. How do you think about, how do you feel about uh, about Tampa this season? You know, obviously, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. You got uh, Mr. Benjamin Button himself as quarterback Tom Brady, brought back all 22 starters on both sides of the football uh, coming into this season. What was your thoughts on, on that game, man, and, and, and Tampa pulling out a, a close uh, victory against the Dallas Cowboys? Man, it's the first game of the year. You know, I felt like, you know, it was a lot of excitement, and obviously Dallas was on steroids that day because, you know, you played against the world champions, but Tampa is Tampa. Man. They're, they're, to me, the forerunners to win this championship, go back to back. I mean, you got to go. I mean, and... That game was impressive. I mean, I have I've seen a lot of quarterbacking, but the things that Tom Brady continues to do at 44, man, it's just ridiculous. I mean, this guy is you can't you, you can't put it for words. I mean, a lot of people will say, oh yeah, he's coming through 64 percent. People don't understand is that his completion percentage is different from others. This guy is he threw four three incompletion passes that doesn't even count. Like it shouldn't. We on Five Sports Podcast. Coming up, my continued conversation with E on week number one in the National Football League. We on five, man. It's definitely that week one, man. Like you were saying with the uh, with the Bucks, it was definitely uh, interesting to take a look and, and see what they was on in week one. You know. As you mentioned, man, Brady, just amazing again, man. Once I seen him get the ball back again at the end of the game, it was like, man, we've seen this a thousand times. We already know what it is. Um, so it definitely was amazing just to see him pull it off again. You know, it was great to see Antonio Brown out there, you know, showing that swag back again. You know, I'm happy for him, man. Absolutely. His life big ups to big ups to big ups to Antonio Brown, man. I feel good about this guy, man. He went through a lot, and I'm happy for this, man. I'm just hoping for a wonderful season from him. I think it's going to be a thousand-yard season, definitely this year. And I'm, 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 I'm going out on a limb to say that Brady will have three thousand-yard receivers this year. You know? I don't think that ever happened, but it's possible it can happen this year. So that's that's one of my, uh, especially with 17 games, I'm going out on a limb to say that, that could, that's going to happen. You know, oh, three three thousand yard receivers. Oh, absolutely, man! And like you said, it could be a possibility. Godwin had a good game. You know, you got the OG now, Mike Evans on the block still. So yeah, that could be a real situation, man. So, you know, man, man, I appreciate you falling through for the week one look. 
Now, we absolutely got to get you back in once again on We On Fire Sports Podcast. The net gangin' through. Uh, definitely in the heat That's of the have, uh, you know, uh, football season and definitely jumped off. You know, so definitely, man. And obviously, we're going to definitely holler at you on the fantasy tip. You know, just kind of your views, what you saw in week one on fantasy, man. So I definitely appreciate it, man. So we don't find I appreciate you having me, Mr. Not. I appreciate you having me, man. Every Anytime, brother. Anytime. Oh, man. No doubt about it. But definitely appreciate you coming through and absolutely going to connect gang again. Everybody hold on. We on Fire Sports Podcast coming back right back at you. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Coming up, me and E delve into week number one on the fantasy football tip. We on Fire Sports Podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, Kyler Murray, man, had a great week last week. I mean, the man just is every time you watch the Arizona Cardinals play, man, this guy have at least two, three plays in the game, man. It's just like, man, did you see that? He did it once again, man. So, yeah, definitely Murray was a guy that uh, that came to show and prove in the first game of the season on the fantasy tip. Uh, I know a lot of fantasy owners who got him on their roster is very happy after week number one. Oh, that's just indeed. I'm very, very impressed with Kyler Murray, even though, you know, that's something that he normally does. But just to, you know, pick it back what you were stating, I mean, this guy, you know, he's, he's one of those guys that you don't know what he's going to do. Uh, he's the fastest player in the. He's the fastest quarterback in the NFL. So I mean, just that alone, with the accuracy. I mean, this uh, this seems like the ceiling is so high for this man. And um, yeah, I would love to have him on my team. I wish I had him, but you know, um, I was very very impressed with what he done. You know, the 289 yards, four touchdowns, passing touchdowns, and one rushing touchdown. I mean, if you have him on your team, it looks like you know he was somebody that was special and that was. That's going to get you to the promised land easily this year. If you just have a couple more guys, that's all you need as far as uh, Colin Mary. Another guy I want to discuss, too. I mean, another quarterback that nobody probably had on their radar. But I'm looking at Jameis Winston, and I'm like, okay, with the with the, with the the coaching of with – with the coaching that he has, I think that this guy is going to be a good fantasy pick this year. I mean, it's, he's still out there on a lot of uh, in a lot of leagues right now. Uh, but that's somebody that if you don't have a quarterback, you might want to try to grab this guy. I mean, if you can get five touchdowns and only throw for a hundred and what forty eight yards? Yeah, he didn't have hundred. He didn't have two hundred yards. I'm like, man, I don't know when the last time I that and in watching that game. No, he looks a little slimmer, man. He looks, looks slimmer. like he's in definitely better shape than he was last season. And you spot on, man. He's a guy that definitely, if you don't have roster, then you need a quarterback. You definitely want to go out. He's there. a he's a dangerous quarterback to have. And the best thing about it is that, um, what's just the best kept secret about him is that their defense is no defense to be slept on. So he's going to have a lot of a lot of possessions with short fields. A lot of opportunities for the as far as the end zone. He might not have the yards that he normally have because they're still working on him to develop him to become a different type of quarterback. But the efficiency is going to be very, very good for this guy. I think 
the sky's the limit as far as fantasy purposes, and um, that's somebody that can win some good games this year. Yeah, man, you spot on with that, man. You know, you had you know uh, another you know typical Patrick Mahomes performance last week. You know, he showed improved on the fantasy tip. You know, a guy that uh, on the QB side that people had some questions about coming into the season was Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts actually had a, a pretty good fantasy week uh, on his end. Um, so, you know, I was definitely impressed by him. You know, he's kind of in the in the same vein, you know, as a you know a, a Kyler Murray in a sense. You know, but definitely this is a proven year for him just for their ball club overall, just in the regular season. But fantasy wise, he actually had a pretty good game in week number one, man. So I'm. I'm kind of looking to see, you know, what he's able to do, especially in that division, you know, what he's able to do, you know, for the rest of the season, man. And, you know, you had, you know, Matt Stafford coming through having a good game. Oh, man. Yeah, he, uh, you know, definitely picked on the Bears' uh, mental mistakes early in that ball game. And, you know, Madden, his first game as a Los Angeles Ram, had a pretty good ball game, say, as well. So, you know, some of the QBs, you know, shout out to David Carr as well. You know, David Carr's a guy that, a lot of people didn't have roster as well, and you know, he had a huge uh, fantasy football game against the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, in that overtime game. So, absolutely, yeah, quarterbacks out there, man, kind of surprised me. Absolutely, you know, and um, it's a, it's a couple of uh, wide receivers that also, you know, caught caught my eyes. Uh, one of them, Antonio Brown. You know, man, just to see this guy, you know, what he's been through or whatnot. Um, I believe he had what, 118 yards. He had a, 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 what, five receptions, about eight targets. I mean, that's what you're looking for in the fantasy, you know, in fantasy football. And the way Tom Brady throws that ball, I mean, it looks like Antonio Brown is back. So if you got him, man, that was a great, a great pick because I'm assuming you picked him in the late rounds, and um, he's going to be somebody that easily could be a, a wide receiver one. So uh, big ups to Antonio Brown as well. Oh, yeah, man. And you had, uh, you know, wide receivers, you know, as everyone knows who plays fantasy, man, the wide receiver position is definitely uh, the deepest position, say, in fantasy. You know, you had, you know, Tyreek Hill doing his typical Tyreek Hill having a good game. You know, shout out to Imani Cooper. You know, had a big time game for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, definitely uh, when uh, Gallup went out with the injury, you know, he kind of took over and did his thing. You know, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. You know, just simply being DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, in my opinion, he's the best receiver in the National Football League. And oh, yeah. He, and he did his same old, you know, DeAndre Hopkins once again. Um, so I thought that, you know, the receivers overall, you know, because it's a very deep position, you know, shout out to Corey Davis for the New, uh, New York Jets. You know, he had a great fantasy oh. week as well. Cooper Cup. They stumbled him for me, man. I miss my guy, Corey Davis. You know, that was my sleeper last year. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of upset about that. I'm still trying to get him back. But, you know, Corey Davis is one of those guys. He's always been an unsung hero. Um, another guy, Pascal. Pascal uh, from the Colts. You know, he's another guy that, you know, people need to watch out for. Um, it looks like T.Y. Hilton this day's his number. So I think he's going to take that next step to becoming an RB1 in Indianapolis. That'll be a nice pickup. And I think he's in the free agency in pretty much every league <laughs> still. So... Yeah, yeah, man. But, uh, what did you think about the running backs uh, in fantasy, uh, say, this week? You know, you had a yeah. litany of injuries. I mean, we had some some nice injuries that definitely is going to affect uh, some fantasy rosters out there. But what did you thought? What did you think about the wide? Uh, I'm sorry, the running back uh, overall in fantasy in week number one. 
Uh, the running backs overall, this this so far week one, I'm gonna give it a C, a C minus. I mean, for some reason, I don't know what's going on around the league right now, but it seems like the running back position is starting to. It's been going like this for the last couple of years. If you don't have a top notch, like a top five running backs, it seems like now it's starting to become. You might get lucky and get in the end zone, but they're not running anymore like they used to, and that's been the biggest problem, you know. As far as running backs, it's been it's been very very tough. I mean, at least my team, you know, um, I got some bones to pick. I got some bones to pick, and um, one of these guys, I mean, I, I I just don't get it. I don't understand what's going on. But uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, what's going on with this guy, my man? Like, I mean, I looked at watch hard knocks. I've seen that this guy lost weight. He's looking faster than ever. He's looking more elusive, and I feel like you know. Guys could have ran the ball a little bit more. It seems like everybody wants to pass, 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 and forget about the essence of football, which is running the ball. And now um, I think it's affecting fantasy fairly, fairly good right now. I mean, I don't know what's going on with these running backs, but I don't see it's, it seems like it's different than normal years of the pound, first and goal, second and you know, first and goal from the five and under. It seems like these guys are passing the ball too much. I don't know. What are your take on that? Well, I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, um, across the league, it's definitely, you know, not, you know, the, what I call, you know, some of the golden era of, of, of the running back position from the 70s, 80s, and 90s where you got a guy back there that's going to carry the thing 25, 30 times, you know what I mean, and use ball control. And, you know, you know, as we mentioned before, you know, the wide receiver position is deep and the trickle-down effect of that, as you mentioned, if you don't have a top five back, it's either okay you got a second or third tier guy and you pretty much got to sit back and wait on some potential injuries which you know we've had some guys who came on the scene you know you know james robinson down in jacksonville last season for, for an example that's came on the scene and you know obviously in his situation being an undrafted guy that's came in and definitely had a, a big time fantasy season last season but i think you spot on i think for fantasy managers you know, obviously, you know, playing the waiver wire, you know, if you're kind of short on running backs and kind of seeing, you know, uh, teams are looking at and evaluating their rosters. And sometimes you have a big time injury to a guy. You know, as we know, Baltimore, you know, lost the entire running back room, you know, due to injuries. You know, we had uh, you know, the situation with Moser out in uh, San Francisco. Uh, so that, even if you got a good back, you know, you don't pins the needles whether or not this guy going to get injured or not. You know, so it's definitely a position that is a little, you know, kind of tight, you know. Also, to another position in that is the tight end position. You know, we had, um, you know, to me, you know, pretty decent week for tight ends. I thought it actually was a little better than I anticipated overall across fantasy. But we saw last season with tight ends, it's like, man, if you don't have a top five tight end, man, you definitely scrambling. Yeah, I mean, tight ends is almost them near the top three now. <laughs> it's that's the lost that's the lost uh, fantasy value that you're getting now. Um, the tight end position. I mean, it's very very tough if you don't have those, the Wallers, the Kettles of the world, the Kelseys. It's like after those three, it's pretty much like, you know, you just play it like defense these days. Just who's gonna just just throw it out there? Hopefully, you can get lucky a little bit. You know. And somebody can get in the end zone. That's how the tight end position is looking to me right now. I my team, I'm I'm looking for tight ends every week. <laughs> it seems like it's just so it's just it's it's not there anymore. I mean, 
like I said again, I mean, if you have those top tier teams that utilize their tight ends to the full extent, which is not too many teams, it's, I mean, you're just out here, you know, just hoping and wishing. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that it's one position and at least in fantasy, it's not like the, the person that you're going up against is going to have this juggernaut. It's probably going to be about the same type of speed. So, but it's definitely, um, it's definitely a lost cause in the fantasy leagues right now with that tight end position. Oh, it's definitely they better score three points these days, you know. Oh yeah, it's definitely a week to week situation across the board uh, with tight end. So if you definitely got a, a good tight end out there, absolutely hold on to him because uh, yeah, it's kind of rough on that end. So man, brother, we definitely appreciate your insights, man. Appreciate you falling through, providing that fantasy insight for us here on We Podcast, man. Man, once again, man, we definitely going to check in with you week to week, man, to see what your thoughts is across the uh, fantasy landscape and definitely check in on this uh, on this NFL season, bro. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll be here waiting, man. I'm, I can't wait till this next week gets here. Hopefully we have, a, you know, a week of more interesting things that's going on and, um, you know, get these fans what they want. Knowledge about the game and knowledge about this fantasy and just sports all, all in the whole. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely, man. So, we on Five Sports Podcast. We appreciate y'all listening. Sit back, relax. We on Five Sports Podcast. Man, once again, thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast. We had a hot show today. Special thanks to my guest E coming through, providing some breakdown on week number one on the uh, season as well as on the fantasy tip. Once again, we definitely appreciate you guys listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast, episode number eight. Thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast. Today we previewed the NFL season and we're definitely going to be checking in week to week on the NFL. So we appreciate you listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast.